This is the Minivan Dad Soccer Pod. Oh, it's incredible! You could not write a script like this! The only podcast where the host actually admits to driving a minivan. Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be sh- And now your host, TJ. Okay, and so here we go. Post game edition, Chicago Fire post game edition of the Minivan Dad Soccer Pod. I'm your host, TJ. I'm joined with senior editor of Hot Time in Old Town, Pat McCraney. Pat? Bruh. Thank you. That was exactly I just, I my sense. I had to write a story about that game. And that was 100 minutes of pain. There was nothing redeeming about that game. Other than they at least got one point. If it's going to be brutal, I, yeah. at least you, you got to get one point. It, it was, it, I guess, yeah, they're, they're redeeming, yes. They got a point on the road. Bobby Shuttleworth was good. Um, but entertaining? When Elliot Collier is the most entertaining player you watch all night? Um, I mean, I like Elliot Collier. I'm not. It's not a slight against him, but like... We watched the starters for 60 minutes largely struggle to do anything well. I mean, well, defensively they were okay, but it's it's just uh, it, it was it was not. But you know what it looked like? It looked like a team that had played four games in 13 days, three of those games on the road, um, and. It, it just it was a culmination. It was the same team that Wiki put out uh, Saturday night against uh, New York City. And um, except for Shuttleworth, of course, who was ready to go again. And they just they look like they're they're They look kind of lifeless until Georgie Mihalovic and Elliot Collier and, and Jonathan Bornstein came in the match. Um, and sort of changed things then. And, and they had, a you know, a. a, a goal that was disallowed because of a handball. It doesn't make the goal any less pretty. It was beautiful. The the, the Collier pass to Ignacio Alaseda, who again was a bright spot in a boring game. Um dribbled a couple people calmly in the box and uh cracked one with his left foot and scored. I think it was a Boris Sekulich handball. I can't it, remember. It was it was a Boris Sekulich handball and it was right. That's the right call. They, the the yeah. rule is the rule is if there is a, a handball in the buildup to a goal, the goal is ta- at any point, the goal is taken away. Yeah. It, and, it, and it, it, it was a no brainer. It took, I felt like it was record time for VAR. It was just, yep, nope, no goal. Let's go. Then a few minutes later, uh, Kendall Boston and, and um, uh, Robert Barrich collide heads Correct. in the box. Barrich is bleeding at speed. It looked like a penalty when Agreed. they. Yeah, when I watched it back, I'm like, ah, Watson got the ball. Maybe not. I mean, you you could you could probably make a case either way. The VAR check proved that, that or ruled that, that wasn't a penalty either. That well, wasn't a penalty, and 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 the fire don't get a goal that way either. And then those were that was pretty much it. So that now that said, VAR the, the threshold is is clear and obvious. So during the injury time, I'm sure they took a look at it. I think if they call that a penalty, I don't think it gets over. It, I don't think they look at it again either. They look at it and leave it as is. I don't think it was clear and obvious right. either way. Had they called it a penalty, I think it would have remained a penalty. By not calling a penalty, it you know it didn't even warrant the referee to come over. So, and I think it would have been the same either way. It would have been like, nah, we're good. Either I think either way, it was that that much of a bang bang play. Like you said, I don't think he necessarily got the ball, but I don't think it was clear and obvious enough to overturn either so you could have gone either way on it honestly and and obviously that's what rafa said after the game he's like you know for me it was a penalty when i'm standing there on the sideline yelling um but he's like in all actuality i I didn't see it i can't really rule on it i I trust them to make the right decision so um which is you know we wanted it to be a penalty um it would have been nice if it were a penalty but it wasn't let me let me ask this question and this is and this I crossed my mind early in the game because the fire scored in what in the second minute 
at home against Cincinnati. They almost gave one up in the first minute. Yep. Is this lack of travel, like the, the, the same day travel? I get it. It's done for safety. I'm not even going to question that. But is it a lack of time to acclimate to a different playing surface, especially these turf fields, which play a lot different than a grass field does? And every turf field is different, per se. Is yeah. that the same problem that Cincinnati struggled with when they came to Chicago last week that the fire struggled with for the the first part of the game, especially when it seems like Cincinnati came out and did the same thing the fire did at Soldier Field. They did a high press early, forcing them to try and adapt to conditions under pressure. Yeah, it, it, it felt that way as well. Yes. And it, it's, you know, you can argue that turf shouldn't be there the turf is a problem but this is just it's just part of the deal it is what it is it's, it's not it's, it's not going away and that's not yeah. the concern the concern i my, my question was more could that be considered a factor especially with and that was the first time i think i've seen well yeah that, that was the point i was anybody that was the point i was going to make is it, it it's it is what it is is it a factor yeah it probably is like the 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 travel is no doubt a factor, the number of games that they played, but everybody's playing a lot of games right now. So everybody's tired, which is probably why that game looks so sloppy and blah. But it, like it, there are zero zero games that are defensive battles. There are zero zero games that are dreadfully boring. That was the type of zero zero game that it could have anything could have like anything could have happened in that game at any point. Like you, you always kind of felt like is a beautiful goal going to be scored? No, but is a ball going to bounce a weird way and something weird's going to happen and a team's going to score? I always felt like we were on the verge of that in that game. It was just an odd, sloppy midweek MLS game with guys that were tired. And <laughs> I don't know, like it's, I, I think it's, yeah, like you said, it's, the turf was a factor. The travel was a factor. There were lots of factors, but in the end, that's one that you should go win to me. If you're a good team, so, you know, there's that old adage that you're supposed to win your home games and, and grab a point on the road. So a point on the road is not a bad result, but that's one. The fire should have won as much as I bag it. It's FC Cincinnati. They aren't, they were of an expansion team last year. They're, not much better this year. This is somebody, when you go on the road, you should be looking for three points and not yes. settling. Yep. You, you'll be happy to escape with one better than zero. However, this is a team This is a team that used smoke and mirrors to get to the knockout and an incredibly defensive form to get to the knockout stages of the MLS's drunk tournament. This is not a good team. It really isn't. And it's... So to get a point... Like I said, it's better than zero, but this is a team you should get three. You should be looking to take three points on. And this is the second year in a row that the the fire have struggled to get points from Cincinnati. And that kind of pains me a bit. So um, not much, not a whole lot of rest for the, for the wicked here. We, the turnaround is to Sunday and to play home against the revolution, which is, um, is has Bruce Arena still suspended for that game or is he back? I'll have to check. I don't know. <laughs> but so I mean not a lot of rest for the wicked. I, I agree with you. I, I think Collier and Georgie will probably see a start because you gotta do some squad rotation at this point. Um you've got yes. Sunday and then are they mid and then I think they get a week off. Then they get a week before Columbus, but or six days, but so a little bit of rest, but I mean a bit of good news, TJ, came out midweek. There were a lot of people, when, when Georgie didn't come on as a sub against mm-hmm. NYCFC, there were a lot of people wondering if there was any kind of new um, issue between Georgie and, and Wiki, like we, we sure. saw in Orlando. And no, it, it Georgie had a stomach bug. That okay. was it. It hit late. They had anticipated him being available in that game, and he couldn't go. So... Um, and and you, you also know. and you also mentioned, I believe, in one of your columns that Sapong is due back soon. Yeah, about it. He won't be there Sunday. Um, he got back a, two or three days ago now. Um, 
and so he's doing the he's got a quarantine for mm-hmm. I can't remember if it's 10 days or two weeks or whatever. So he, it won't be Sunday, um, but he's back. And the, the issue is, though, that he he will have gone quite a ways without training with the team. Sure. And so I think that Rafa would want him to get a few sessions in before he throws him in to the Wolves. So we're still a ways out on him, but it's not terrible. Guess, and we could I guess really looking, use CJ Sapong right now too. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yourself. I guess if, I guess what I was thinking is the positive thing is the family situation with the baby. If he's back means everything's going well there and that's outstanding. Yeah. And that's, and that to me above all else you need on a night like this, that was awful to watch. You need some happy news there. That's happy yes. news to me. So yes. Um, it's CJ. I mean, like it's never been said that that's the reason why, but he put on Instagram, his fiance had a baby. Uh, the baby was born premature. We, this is not, I'm not breaking news here. CJ no. put this out on Instagram. Otherwise I wouldn't be telling you. Um, and hopefully I don't know anymore, but hopefully everything's okay. I, I think that the fact that CJ is back with the team is a very good sign in that. Correct. So. And I, I, that's pure speculation, but yeah, I, yeah, but we mentioned on Saturday as well. And that was in the conversation. I said, it's on CJ's Instagram page. So I honestly, at that point, I'm like, he may not be back, but the fact that he is, that he's back in Chicago, that to me, that's, we need some good news tonight. Let's take that as some good news. So, yeah. Uh, that said, let's, you know, cause the game was painful. Let's, let's get some ratings out of the way and see what you kind of think of what I had written down during the course of the game. And to be honest, I think my kid's homework was more exciting than, than some of the moments of this game. So um, we'll start in the back. We'll start with one, with the return of Bobby Shuttleworth, which Bobby Shuttleworth, you know, in, if you want to be, it seems like the fire have two goals. Ken Cronholm is great at distribution or better or good at distribution, playing the ball with his feet. He's a, he's a, a, he's a fair shot stopper at best. Yeah. Bobby Shuttleworth is a great shot stopper. Yes. But he's not going to be one you really going to use to play out of the back very often. He's not going to be an asset that way. The top keepers in the world have to be able to do both. He can't do that. Shuttleworth, that's not Shuttleworth's game tonight. It worked out well. He he is he had my highest rating. I I had him at an eight. He made he, he made some yeah. great saves that he had to make. He didn't have any that were stumbling, fumbling around like Connor Sparrow did on the weekend. So, um, like I said, I, the eight eight was the highest. He he pitched the shutout, which good for him. But he made the saves he had to make. A couple were really nice, but none of them were. Oh my god, I can't believe he saved that type moment. So, I mean, that, that first one was borderline. Great. It was good. Very good. Um, Yeah, he he, two of the three saves were. I think, like you said, like very nice, very nice saves. They were saves. They they were saves that Connor Sparrow probably wouldn't have made, judging the two that he missed, two of the three bad ones that he missed against New York. So um, I I I feel comfortable, confident with with Shuttleworth back there. I I like his his demeanor and his experience. And I, I, yeah, he, he was, I think eight's good, 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 a good pick for you there. All right. And then we're going to, we'll start along the back line. We'll start with, um, I'm just, this is going to be no particular, no particular order of the back line. I'm going to start with, um, with Boris Sekulic, a five. He was there. He's a guy, his handball led to the goal that was taken away. He was there again. You don't give up a goal. That's a good night, but he, I don't remember seeing him heavily involved in the attack. I don't see him heavily doing, he was there. He got, if you look at the Opta page and you isolate just his passes, he got um, the fullbacks. For, Wiki loves to use his fullbacks. He, he sure. does that inverted fullback thing that like Pep likes to do, but um, at times, but uh, the, they went down the left a lot more than they went down the right, especially mm-hmm. when Navarro was in before Johnny B came in. Uh, but yeah, Boris got a lot of, touches around midfield Navarro was actually better at getting forward and getting touches in mm-hmm. dangerous areas sure so and then we'll touch on Navarro I had with Navarro where did I have him um I had him as a six and that was just it he seemed yeah. to get more involved in the attack on Herbert's side of the field and we'll we'll get to the reason I think the reasons why that is the case but again he got he came out I don't. I don't have a rating for Johnny B. He, he got a yellow card. That seemed to be about it. He was fine. He's again by that point. He's out there to defend. He's not out there to be as heavily involved in the attack and be 
so much. So if, as far as the fire go, if you, for a true lockdown defender, Johnny B's about it. So I like Johnny B. I'm glad he's on the do. team. Um, Ormsburg, Ormsburg came on for Pineda at the end. Not enough to really get a reason. Yeah, you can't really give. say. Um, you like Calvo. I had Calvo as as a six tonight. Again, I for Calvo to do better. Again, he's one of the higher salary players. I don't think he's a des- he's not a designated player, but he is a Tam Gam type guy. He's your captain. They they didn't give up a goal, so for Calvo, that's a solid game. That's why I gave him a six. For him to get higher, he needs to. They need to be scoring goals. He needs to be involved in the attack as well. But he's fine tonight. Nothing terrible, nothing brutal. Yeah. And actually, I had the same for Pineda. Um, yeah. They still seem to have that issue where you the seems like the most opportune place to attack is right between the two of them. They they haven't figured out how to close that gap. And that that concerns me a little bit. New York took took that that opening a lot. Yeah. That seemed yeah. to be the opening at MLS's drunk exposed. They've got to figure that out. And maybe in time they will, but. Um, so I, I, I have kind of feel th- this is weird because I like Cronholm too, but I kind of feel like Bobby might be the better keeper to get that sort of stuff worked out. Organization, yeah, yeah possible. Yeah, it's very possible because it definitely wasn't there with Connor Sparrow on the weekend, and I could, and you know what, and, and that's possible. Bobby Shuttleworth maybe may have better organizational skills than Ken Cronholm and. Than, you know, encounter Sparrow, but like I said they didn't give up a goal, so I can't be too hard on them. But for them to do much more, they've got to be they've got to be attacking threats, and I didn't really see much of that tonight. So I gave both of them sixes. Any what what do you think, Pat? That's dead on. Okay, so yep. we're gonna okay. Um, I'm gonna move into the central, the, the center, the two eights, yeah. sixes, call them whatever you want to call them. Gaston, yeah. Yeah, Madron and, and Jimenez and I guess down Jimenez and uh, Madron. Yeah, Madron and Jimenez. I had fives. They were fine. They didn't do. I, I don't. Again, I don't feel either of them really were impactful. They were there. Again, you don't give up a goal and you're a defensive midfielder. If they're at sixes, yeah. they were good. If they're if they're supposed to yeah. be eights, they need to do more. I you know I I thought they were fine. I I, I like. Um, you know, Gaston's been one that's a few times this season has played a deep ball that um, creates a, a goal. Um, mm-hmm. It kind of felt like he maybe needed to be the guy to do that again tonight. Sure. Um, it didn't happen, but he, I will say at the end of the game, he looked tired. He's, he's got a ton. Of, he hasn't come out. No. So, um, you know, a lot of the guys haven't come out, but he, you know, it, working from that position four games in 13 days is like, he, he's, um, He's the engine. He's yeah, the he engine. And I get that. Yeah. He was one of the guys the fire brought out. Um, one they they always do wiki and then two players and, and Gaston was one of the guys they brought out tonight and he didn't really say much of anything. Um, like of note, it was it was pretty um, dry. Yeah, it was the type of stuff that like he, he said all the right things. Mm-hmm. No, nothing was terribly or shattering or interesting. He, he said all the right things. You know, he, I asked him, were you, and this might've been a little bit lost in translation, but like I asked, I asked him, you know, were you sad? Like usually you're satisfied with a point on the road, but did this feel like one you could have won? And he said, yeah, you always want the three points, but you know, the one point was not the end of the world on the road. So, sure. but yeah, it's, they are now 13th in the Eastern conference on eight points. That's, not good. So. No, no, it's not. Um, so, like I said, I fives. They they were fine. They were again n- nothing special. And and I feel like and we talked Brian and I talked Brian Battle and I talked about this on the weekend with Madron specifically. Um, he hasn't been as impactful these last few games, and we think part of it is a lot of it is because with Alisada really filling the ten role. It's forced Madron into more of an eight or a six type role. He's deep, yeah. He's playing deeper, and it's. And I don't think it's his game as much. No. Um. Yeah. I. Yeah. I. I see that totally. Um. And I. I like the way Alisada's been playing in that role sure. too. So I, I. 
I don't think that was what was pitched when he was coming here. I kind of thought he'd be a speedy attacker from the left mm-hmm. um, instead of like a traditional 10. But um, he's been okay. I don't, I, I don't think he's been tremendous, but he's been one of the bright spots, I think, on a team that's not particularly doing well right now. So, But I, but I, I guess, like I said, we, with the introduction of Aliceta into a prominent attacking role, it's just like Madron's impact is a lot less than it was in those yeah. first couple games where he was. Yeah. Where you're like, holy cow, he's really, really impressive. So. He is. He, he was, I felt like he was the best player on the field the first couple of games back in March. And he's, sure. he's still got some sort of long-term injury he's overcoming. Like even okay. like a month ago when we talked to him, he's like, I'm still, I, I don't know particularly exactly what it is, but he's like, I'm still, I'm not a hundred percent back to, to what I know I can do. So sure. he, he's very, I mean, he's a good player to have around. I, 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 um, I see a lot of quality there, but I almost think maybe he needs a rest or something just to break things up and bring him back. Could be. And to the to the flashpoint of fire Twitter, we'll go to one Fabian Herbers. I gave him a six. I again, you said it before, and if we, I'm sure Opta backs us up. The attacks that were successful went through his side of the field. They went through the left. He was involved. He was where he needed to be, as he seemingly always is. That said, didn't generate a ton of chances either. They got over there. Yes, that's the weird thing about him. He's not the one who who creates the final pass, but they it does seem to channel through his side. And one of the things that Wiki said is that he 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 makes very intelligent runs forward. Mm-hmm. To draw defenders, and he he also makes himself available very well in the buildup. But he he's a guy who it's hard to see unless you're really watching him what he's doing because it kind of feels like he's there, but he's not he's not he's the, like kind of the opposite of Aliceta in that sense. Like Aliceta doesn't get the ball very much, and then when he does, you're like, oh look at that. Um, whereas Herbers kind of has the ball a lot and you don't really remember. Mm-hmm. But Wiki really likes him. I know that. I, he, he fits Wiki's system well. Well, he does what he's supposed to do. What, and where I think his advantage comes in is, like you said, Wiki likes to have his backs coming out. He likes to have Navarro and Secular coming out of the back. And you need somebody who's going to drop and defend. And that's where Herbers is, probably fits that bill better than the other side... Frankie. Oh, my God. I will say another interesting thing about Herbers is that he speaks pretty good Spanish. Mm-hmm. So to be able to link up with the entire Spanish-speaking midfield plus the Spanish-speaking fullback on his side. Sure. Um, I guess Johnny B could be a Spanish-speaking fullback, too, but I'm sure Herbers and Johnny B communicate in English. Her, uh, Herbers told me he speaks Spanish with almost everybody around him except for Barrage, who he speaks English with. So... Um, that's something to be said, but yeah, Frankie, at what point, I mean, this is a guy that wiki has called out in post game news conferences as a guy who needs to do more. He, he's a guy who against New York lost the ball several times going forward mm-hmm. in the final third without doing anything with it tonight. I think he had one successful pass forward. Um, I think he had. 12 or so total passes and 11 of them, I believe it was, were backward and one was forward. Um, if that's not exactly right, it's close to it. Um, we're not, other than pace, I don't see what we're getting out of Frankie right now. Which, if I recall, I thought during the MLS's drunk tournament, he was impactful. He was. But, but something has happened since they've come back to this phase, what is it, stage one or whatever they call it, and he's been, the last two times, he's been bad. I gave him a three last week. Generous three, maybe? A two? A one? I mean, how do you rate some one pass forward that was successful for somebody who is been called up? An attacking player who's been called up to the Polish national team. 
he can't go. No, he can't go because <laughs> they won't let. I don't think Poland will let him in. <laughs> and MLS think... isn't letting him go either. Yeah, sure. That's, that's the word we got today or yesterday or whatever it was. So, um, yeah, that also means that Adam Buxa can't go. So he'll be also in the game, I assume, this Sunday when New England comes to Chicago. Sure. Um, the two Polish players that were supposed to be going over to play. Um, so yeah, it's I, I maybe Frankie's a guy who needs a rest. I mean, it, the thing with if he had gone to Poland, it would have been a problem because the fire would have lost him for a good chunk of the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. Because especially if he was called again in October, because they have he has to come back and quarantine for two weeks then. So he's gone for, you know, 10 days to two weeks or whatever it is. And then he has to quarantine for another two weeks and he gets called again and has to do the same thing again. He conceivably could have been gone for the rest of the year, but I kind of was looking forward to him going just to get him out of there, switch things up and see if when he does get back, if he's, if he's refreshed or better or anything like that. Cause yeah, I liked what I saw from him in Orlando. He looked dangerous, but lately it's just been flat. It's been really flat from Frankie. And, and you know, other and the, than there was a point in the New York game where he got the ball on a break and you got to see, you know, his wheels. And then it ended but it ended with nothing again. So he right now is where the attack is going to die. And it, if the team is struggling to get the ball to Barrich, um, Barrich is getting very few chances, and when he does, he's not scoring them at the moment. Um, they need to break something up, whether whether it's you know you throw Georgie over there or or do something different on the in the eleven. I, I don't think I, I honestly don't think Frankie should start against um, New England. I think it's time for a change there, and maybe that you know provides a spark for Frankie again. Or just it's it's very flat right now. And, and tonight, and specifically tonight, I, I noticed, I don't know if you, you agree with that, the body language looked yeah. really, really bad as well. Yeah. He looked he looked out of sorts tonight. And he did, again, for large parts of the game against New York, NYCFC as well. And I maybe you're right. Maybe it's a chance to just grab a seat and just take in the game and try and re, re reassess, I guess, might be the right word. I'm not sure. He's not working right now. That's for sure. No. He, he is a player that has quality that you can see when he is working. So um, something's got to change there. I'm not ready to pull the plug on him yet, but no, man, this is he. He's got to for somebody who has talked about it, who should be a future designated player. That ain't it. No, no. that's for damn sure. So um, most da- next we'll cover the most dangerous person in the fire attack. At least of the starters, um, Nacho Alaseda. Yeah, I have I rated him as what did I have him. I had him at a, I had a six. I guess I could say a seven because he did have the goal taken off. When he gets the ball, you you just feel something special can happen when he has it. Yeah, it, it it's fun. You now see that you know um, as as you and I have talked about before with him, the guy the guy your contact in Argentina said you didn't know a lot about him, but he. Looks like he's a highlight. He absolutely has some talent. Um, Brian Battle and I kind of discussed him. We figured if he continues on his ascension with the talent we're seeing, he's going to be here a couple of years, and they're going to sell him for a lot of money. Yep, that's the goal, I think, too. Um, and, but yeah, he was he 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 was when he got the ball. You thought that's when he gets the ball. You feel like that's when they have chances to score. And the good news is, they got him at a at a cost is as I understand it, they could pay him down next year, buy him down with Garber bucks and uh, use that DP slot on somebody else. So um, he's been, I think he's been for a guy who, and I wrote a piece on him this week mm-hmm. for a guy who we went from, okay, he's, he's exciting. We'll take a chance on him to, Oh my God, he's a bust that some people were actually talking online. Like, when he wasn't playing and we were hearing the rumors about him in training, he was a bust. And he talked about that. He, he said, you know, I realized that this is on me. Like I can't, you know, this is, it's not Rafa or it's not, you know, it's, this is on me to fix this. And so he's like, I put my head down and I'm just like, 
I'm just going to work really hard and, and see what happens. And it it's it's happening for him. He's pretty good. I, I mean, is he spectacular? No, I don't think he's there yet. But he's when he gets the ball, you, you, I think you have the best feeling of, of anybody on the team right now. So Sure. And, you, I, and I believe during MLS is drunk, you and I talked about it. It's That was a lot for him. He shows yeah. up, quarantine happens almost immediately he's in a new country he doesn't know the culture he doesn't know the language he doesn't even know his teammates yet he doesn't know his teammates and he's stuck in an apartment somewhere (laughs) so he and navarro basically made friends because they were both in the exact same situation two 20 year old south americans that just moved to chicago didn't know anybody else on the team and and so like they would like start they during quarantine would go on runs together because they lived near each other, mm. um and they they kind of helped each other get through it because it was just such a weird situation. So, um, it's I think both of those guys, there's something there. Like there, there's I could see what the team sees in them, and mm. you know this team is clearly not functioning the way I I, I didn't expect the team to be. Um, you know, winning the shield or anything, but I, I kind of felt like this is an eighth place team, maybe mm-hmm. seventh to ninth in that range. Like, I feel like this is a team that can make the playoffs, mm-hmm. um, especially with the expanded format. Uh, right now, they are not sitting in that range. And, you know, the wheels are spinning. Yeah, it, it's, but with Navarro and with Aliceta, you can go, okay, you got to look at the big picture here. And you can say, yes, there's some quality there. I could see that's a good thing going forward. Yes, there's some quality there, too. I, I, I could see that going forward. <sighs> there's some other issues, though. That it just They're just not working. And I, I do and hope there's gonna, a good amount of squad rotation. Cause and, we we're gonna talk, and we're going to talk about one of those. Where this, the last of yep. the starters, the pieces that aren't working, and one Robert Barich. Um, it... it I I think I I think I gave him a four the other night. I think I gave him a four again tonight because he almost won the penalty. A four, and when I when I said when I do these ratings, I like I said in on Saturday, I look at it in two ways. Number one, what was their overall quality, and the other is versus what you expect. And with Robert Barrich, your designated player, you're expected to score goals or have an impact. See a lot of that again tonight, and I said he almost won the penalty with the head, and um, you everybody talks about all the things he does right, which is true. He does a lot of the dirty work right, but ultimately, when you are a designated player forward in MLS, you are expected to score goals. He's not doing that, and he's not assisting on him either. And no, he, he's he's kind of he's doing all the dirty work and that's it. I'm pulling up his um his shots right now uh, just to see. But and, and and in my request for Twitter to let us know of any comments or anything else, Ruben actually from the Hot Time feed put in why Robert Barrett. I'll hang up and listen. <laughs> First time, long time. It's a fair, legitimately, I looked at it and my answer, I answered on Twitter, I, I believe it was. Malort. Because he did a shot of Malort, but it's a bit of tongue in cheek, but that's a fair question. Right now, without, but without CJ, I don't see a better attacking option out there. I don't sit there and say, hey, we should be throwing Collier out there and we'll touch on Collier. Collier had a nice match tonight. I don't sit there and say, we should be starting Collier over Robert Barrage. He had two... Two shots tonight, one on target, one off target. Yeah, it, it's so he's not he's not getting service. That's one of the problems. That, I mean, that's part of the problem mm-hmm. when Frankie loses the ball in the sure. attacking third. You you it doesn't have actually get to Robert Barrich. He's not getting service when he. But the the one shot was as I remember it. The one that was saved was good, but kind of right at. The keeper, um, he. It, it's hard to to argue that a striker should score if a striker is not getting the ball. 
but at the same time, you know, is there more he could be doing? Is 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 there something that that Wiki can do to sort of open up a channel for him? I I I, I don't know. I don't know what the deal is, but your designated player number nine needs to be scoring goals, and he hasn't scored since the Seattle game. He, so. I believe both Seattle games. Both Seattle games. two goals. Yeah, yeah that's it. If he's not playing Seattle, he ain't scoring. Seems yeah. to be. And the the one in Orlando was like some beast mode goal where he received the ball on a counterattack at midfield and held off one defender and dribbled another. Like the, it's not. It, it, the, he's got one goal this season through like the traditional buildup to get, get the ball to the Barrett in the box. Like it's mm-hmm. um, the other was just kind of a freak athletic goal. And that seems a bit dysfunctional to me on a team that's creating a lot of chances. He's probably doing a lot of work to create them by, by pulling his defender, you sure. know, occupying a center back, pulling the defender with him to open things up. But we actually need him to be scoring the goals. Correct. So, and there was, I saw during the game, some, there were a couple of th- comments on Twitter about, is he an upgrade over Nemanja Nikolic? And theoretically he should be of late. He hasn't been, no. but I believe, I believe Nikolic should be st- suffering from the same problem. Nikolic needed the ball played to him to give chances. So again, if you're not getting the ball, you don't, you're not going to score goals. You need to get yourself, but like you said, you also need to be in position to get those and, Barrett seems to be struggling a bit with that piece as well. So is it maybe the high press is wearing him down that he's, you know, doing so much chasing of the game that way? Maybe. But I, 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 I yeah. don't know. He, he feels <laughs> like a guy who just needs a to score a crap goal right now, like a Julie Ertz type goal with his sure. ass or something. And then, you know, maybe that <laughs> – unlocks Robert Barrich and he, he starts to play a little bit better. He just needs to get like a slump buster out of the way. And, and he needs a Zardes goal scores it off his, off exactly his nu- like off, off his, his nuts or, yeah. or his face it's, or something. He needs yeah. something. He needs a, the guy needs a break. I think something sure. to go his way. And you, you thought maybe, you know, taking one for the team with the bloody head would have been it. I don't think you would have taken the pen, but maybe uh, it would have been interesting. So, um, yeah. Um, the other two we talked about, the uh, and like I said, Johnny B, you can give him a five or six. He didn't do anything to impress me. He, he was out there. They didn't give up a goal. Fine. I'm, but I do want to talk about the last two, the two subs that came on that did turn, turn yeah. the game pretty well, and that was Georgie Mihaljevic and Elliot Collier. And I I guess I would say you'd have to give them sixes. Or, you'd have to give them sevens. They they were impactful on the game. It um, noticeably changed. It noticeably did, Pretty... and, it, and it was and it was both sides of the field. It wasn't just one. Yeah, Georgie was doing good things on one side. Collier was doing them on the other. And for everybody who mocks Collier, dude dribbled at somebody and like did a scissors. Like I get you it. Don't expect that from him, but it was. I think I wrote Collierino or something like that on Twitter because, um, you don't expect that from him. But yeah, he also would have had the assist had that goal stood it was it, the handball didn't change the fact that that he had a beautiful play a nice pass and and Eliseta scored a nice goal it, it was that was still good it just got ruined by that secular handball but um yeah I, I collier get, was good i get watching collier take somebody on is like watching peter crouch take somebody on it's just exactly. really it's not, it's never yeah. it is never going to look pretty it doesn't mean this doesn't work as you say he he set up the one goal they had, didn't count ultimately, but he set it up. It was the one time the ball went in the net. So, um, he didn't lose it. You know, he didn't dribble at somebody and lose it. So, yeah, yeah. I say Collier should get the start against New England. I think he earned it tonight. So, not only that, but the, the team needs rotation. It they, feels they like so. Yes, really need some rotation and. I think Collier and Georgie would be would be a good would be good places to start. Uh-huh. Um, I'm looking I'm looking at the roster right now to see if I think there's anybody else that would be off the bench that might maybe you bring in Borenstein for Navarro or Secular. I mean, you could make an argument. Maybe Johnny, yeah, Johnny B and Michael Azero. 
Bronico, maybe. Yeah, BB's not really. I I, I will say this. Um, the one thing that he will bring if you give him legitimate minutes is hustle, hard work, a sure. spark. So I, I, you know, he's he's not gonna play. He's not gonna be flat, especially if he gets a chance after not getting a whole lot of chances lately. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it, uh, but for who are, are you gonna drop Jimenez? I mean, Jimenez looks tired, but I I almost see BB more as being a an impact sub. Sure, but we'll see. Um, it's and and that's and that's the challenge. Like I said, I mean, you'd, I'd like to see him sub out Robert Barrage, give him a breather, but I don't, See, for who? Maybe Elliot, and that's it. Because CJ's not there, so. Correct. Without CJ, it's kind of. I think maybe you just got to throw Elliot up top, and I, I wouldn't. I. And, and they did that. and they did that against NYCFC. I mean, that was the change yeah. about the 60th minute, and it was, and when Brian and I talked about it, it was, Barrage was not good. That's, that's, that was, I think, hit, um, Wiki's kind of shot across the bow at Barrich was you got to do a little bit more, whatever he w- wasn't doing. I think it frustrated him that way. So he said, wiki said, cause I think Jeremy asked him about this in the news conference. And he said, um, that was purely because we've got to start getting some rest to some of these guys. He didn't, he wasn't viewing that as a call to action for, for Barrich to be better or anything like that. We, at least that's what wiki told us. He said, no, that was a, a move to get him some rest. So, um, which was interesting because I think the game was one to one or two to one at the time. It wasn't, uh, the game was lost. Right. So that's why I, that's why I have trouble with that. With that as an explanation was that game was still, it wasn't like it was a three to one. Okay. We're done with the game. The game was still in question when they brought off Robert Barrage and he wasn't effective against NYCFC. He went the full 90 tonight. Like you said, I, I, I honestly agreed. Once he put that, put the the Cobra Kai headband on. I'm like, he's going to do, he's going to, he's going to screw. So he's going to destroy someone and score a goal. I felt, that was, yeah, it felt, it felt like that, that could be possible, but that's the one thing I'll give the fire tonight. You didn't feel like, at least I didn't have this feeling like there's sometimes where I watch Arsenal, especially pre Mikel Arteta Arsenal. And I would, I would go, there's no chance in hell they're scoring a goal. Sure. I just have seen this story a million times. In stoppage time, I kind of felt like, no, nah, we're a weird bounce away from the fire doing something. Like, it could have mm-hmm. happened in this game. It just didn't. So, at least that was, you know, I'm more optimistic than most people. I understand, especially if, in the fire community because of what we've gone through the last 12 years or so. But, um, yeah, I, I kind of felt like it, it was going to happen tonight. It just didn't. So, it's, I mean, I don't know at what point. I don't think you can be too sad about a point on the road, except it felt like it should have been three to me. But um, if you lose, if you lose Sunday at home against the Rebs, it kind of starts to feel like big problems are setting in. Sure. And you got to look not, at it as I'm not sure I mean, if a point is. I'm not sure a point is much better at this point. Yeah, I mean, it's you got to look at it as. This is a massive project that's that the fire are trying to pull off with you know now eighteen new players with Carlos Tehran coming in, mm-hmm. Wiki and Heights and and you know it, it's a big it feels it's almost like an expansion team, um, and expansion teams are typically pretty bad, and this might take a while. So I, I'm not saying I don't think any anybody needs to be fired or anything like this. I think you need to give them time, but yeah, um, this was, this is a complete culture change yeah. all the way through top yeah. to bottom, all the way through top to bottom. And it it's not something that's going to be short term. I guess, like you said, I expected an eighth or ninth, maybe, you know, a playoff team, a fringe playoff team, but a playoff team nonetheless. And they're absolutely not there. Um, right. As of right now. And, you know what? Take six points in these in these next couple home games, and yeah, it's it, not, it, it changes not, the tune. That's the thing. You're not that. 
you're not crazy far off of it. They haven't played enough games for anybody to be that far off of it. It's just, um, it's a matter of doing it. And then once you start doing it, and once you get, like, they've got one win this year of the two. They've got one win this year that they didn't deserve. That, or maybe they, they didn't deserve on paper going in, and that was the, the Seattle game in, in Orlando. <clears throat> Everybody wrote them off and they pulled it off, right? They've got... Um, one win where you actually did expect them to win, which was the Soldier sure. Field Cincinnati game. And then they've got a bunch of mixed bag results. And tonight kind of felt like borderline one they should have won. Sure. Um, Vancouver was definitely one they should have won. Absolutely. And it was their fault they lost it. San Jose, maybe not. Um, New England felt like a good draw at the time to me it did it absolutely did yeah um, um well, now that's was an ass whipping and sure that's bound to happen too so and they were in that seattle game until jordan morris ended it at the beginning of the year so i, I guess that far off the mark but there's just certain things that are just dysfunctional right now no and and i agree and i i you you kind of went over did a season overview the mls is drunk tournament really it, when you think back about it, the reason why they beat Seattle is because Seattle wasn't ready for them because that was yep. a last minute switch. It's the same reason why San Jose looked so good against them is because the fire didn't have time. Again, that's like going to play a triple option team in college football. You're not ready. If you aren't watching tape and preparing for it, you're not going to be ready. for yeah, that's it. A good, that's a good analogy. And that the way San Jose plays, and that's why they look so bad against San Jose, Vancouver, yeah, sometimes you just suck, and that might, and that was one of those days. But you look at who they, who were they, the games that they wound up not playing. That there were was, it was NYCFC, yeah, Nashville, and Inter Miami, yeah. and was was in Orlando. No, Orlando was not on their schedule. No, Orlando, yeah, Orlando was. It not. was, but though you you look at Nashville is just ahead of them in the standings. Um. On, or they're tied with eight points, but uh, the fire, you know, the Orlando and or Chicago and Nashville are in eight points. Inter Miami's on four points. That's <laughs> that would have been a nice, nice games, and that's who you're preparing for. And then the last minute you switch, so you could argue that with the MLS's drunk tournament. But yeah, it, <laughs> Seattle's in second. Um, San Jose is in tenth in the West, which they right. feel like a better team than that. And Vancouver's in dead last. That Vancouver game is the one where, you know, they created tons and tons and tons of chances and had crazy amounts of shots and they fell asleep for 10 minutes. Cal- yeah, Calvo had a moment and yeah. yeah. So, but is the season lost at this point? No, I mean, is, and I guess I'm going to, as we get closing to wrap this up, is there anything we're looking Is there any sort of announcements, insight as to what, phase two or the next stage of this return is going to be at this point? Um, I expect it to be announced fairly soon. I, I think it's going to be more of the same. Sure. Um, unless there is some major coronavirus outbreak that the fires one case was um, controlled. Um, I don't think that person was really around the other, you know, the rest of the team too much. So that was kind of an easy situation there. Um, but um, it's, I think it'll be more of the same. So it's going to be kind of a breakneck schedule from here on out. So what, I think we're going to see more sloppy, tired games. Sure. And the, but I guess my next, my other question is going to be: Is there any talk about what's going to happen with the Canadian teams? Are they coming back across the border at this point? Or are they yes. All... The so the idea was, I believe that like. Toronto and Vancouver would both set or no, I'm sorry, Toronto and Montreal would both set up shop at Red Bull Arena. So you'd have four teams playing at Red Bull Arena um, with NYCFC and then, the, of course, the Red Bulls. I don't know where. I have not heard where Vancouver might go, but I think Seattle, Portland, or perhaps San Jose might be logical. Um, sure. And... Uh, I think they will basically stay in the states then, mm-hmm. for the kind of like the kind of like the Blue Jays are in Buffalo. Exactly. So okay. you know, America will be a better place because Thierry Henry is in it. 
And this I is think true. anywhere he is is instantly made better by his presence. Okay. <laughs> and on that note, I think we're going to call it a night. So, um, any final thoughts or anything that we're going to be we should be looking for at Hot Time this week? Uh, there's a game Sunday, and you know what? I'm going to be there. So you're going to be there. I'm going to be there. That's, that is the plan right now, and it, that's a weird feeling because it doesn't feel like you get to go to sports right now, but I do, so I'm pretty lucky. So I'm, I'm excited about the chance to go to Soldier Field on Sunday. Okay. And on that note, um, possibly we'll have another updated show for Minivan Dad um, of usual shenanigans. Not really sure yet. Maybe so you can get Chris to talk about his dog, Madison. Yeah, you his never dog's know. His not, not in good health. His no. dog is like a Civil War soldier that lost his legs. Yeah. So, dearest we'll Chris. We will see what we have. We'll we'll see what we have coming up. But um, I do like doing these post game shows and and uploading them from there. So we'll do, we'll try to get one of those Sunday after the game when maybe we'll get Pat. We'll get you while you're in traffic, or we'll, we can bring back Brian. Um, either way, we'll we'll do a post game show of some sort Sunday. But uh, beyond that, not a whole lot else. So thanks for listening, everybody. Um, I guess I I guess I will finish with go back and check out the. For the minivan dad, go back and check out the John Brown episode. It's one I'm incredibly proud of that we did um, last week. Definitely yeah. give that one a listen if you haven't yet. So better and more insightful than than Chris and I. It was it was an honest. It had very little to do with soccer, other than we had a messy tax evasion joke in there. I think so. But it was a, it was a discussion of race was, and important things. Was, correct. And so it was, it was obviously a better show than if Chris and I were on. Yeah, because he John's actually smart where you and Chris, you Chris and I aren't. So no. Yeah, that. and it's there's a, like there's all the dumb jokes that we make that shenanigans. Yes. Yeah, just stupidity in general. Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. I, I understand. Yeah, so, I'm not. Yeah, I'm if, not. If you haven't listened to that, go give that a listen. Push that one. Pass that one to your friends to listen because you you will be a better person for listening and it you it's it's great insight and it was a great conversation. So, and beyond that, you're done.